the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot of information that we Value courage. Hey everyone, I'm Sue Robinson. And I'm Vanessa Alava. And this is the We Get Real AF podcast, a safe and inclusive place where we redefine feminism and bridge cultural gaps with each episode. We talk with female leaders about things that matter to you most, your health, finances, raising kids, building your career, everyday life, and so much more. Plus, we take a look at how emerging tech and science are shaping our future. Not a coder or a rocket scientist, neither are we. We will spark your curiosity and give you practical advice for living your best life in a world that's changing at lightning speed. Let's learn together. Join us every Tuesday for smart, real, and relatable conversations. And subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also find at We Get Real AF across all social media platforms for exclusive online video content. So grab a coffee, set your intentions, and let's dive in. Well, we are back again today with Liz Cormier May, CEO of Managin, a women's health technology company. And we are talking about how to navigate the holidays if you have someone in your life who is really struggling. That could be financial struggles that someone's going through, career struggles, marriage struggles, or health struggles. Um, those can really, really change an experience over the holiday season for people. And we want to be sensitive to that and know how we can support folks in those kinds of situations. So Liz, what are your thoughts and how can we navigate those kinds of realities for our friends and loved ones. Yeah. I mean, this is a really hard topic because everybody has such different needs and emotions when it comes time for the holidays. Um, And, you know, our family specifically, uh, uh, my father-in-law passed four years ago and Christmas was always a really huge family event for us. And my mother-in-law has really had to relearn how, how to do holidays after he's been gone. And for us, what we found is it's, it's the little things that make her really happy. It's not the, oh, let's all get together to put up the tree and think about the decorations and the shopping. It's the little things. It's the, hey, let's, let's go out to dinner somewhere where there's pretty lights. So you get, you get a sense of the holiday spirit, but it's not completely overwhelming and we're not asking her to do anything. Um, but it's a safe place to talk about dad and, and fondly remember some of the fun things. Um, so for us, that that has worked. Um, in general, I would say people who struggle during the holidays don't need constant reminders of why they're struggling. They just need support. Um, and that means maybe not talking about it, maybe not thinking about all of the things that have to be done to prepare for a holiday, but taking a little bit of time to do something normal, um, whether it's go over, sit down, watch a movie, um, talk about high school, talk, uh, go to dinner, see a show, right? Something that that can take their mind off of all of the, the pain that comes around this time of year. And, and that's a really hard ask of people, right? Because we're all so busy because we're all trying to get our own self together and squared away for the holidays. And that's extra time and extra effort. But man, it's just such an important use of time because you can't, you can't make somebody happy by by getting all that holiday stuff done, but you can really make them happy by taking just a moment. Is it appropriate to, to maybe even just ask somebody, how can I best love you? How can I best support you during this time? And the reason I ask that is because sometimes I feel like either people overcompensate mm-hmm. or 
it's so awkward that it's like the yeah. elephant in the room. How do we kind of sail between those two hard rocks and in a graceful way and and find out what is the most supportive thing that we can do for that person? It's a great question. And, and it's one um, that sometimes is hard to ask, but it's so important. Um, and for, I have a handful of people where holidays are really important. And, and in the beginning, I didn't ask the question and I felt like it was hard for me to even know if I was making a difference. Like, are, is what we're doing helpful? Is it not? And so I started to ask the question and not nearly as eloquently as you just did, but more, more, you know, I think, how do I love you during this time of year is a wonderful way to ask the question. Um, I was far more clumsy about it and just said, I, I don't know how to be a good friend or a good daughter-in-law right now. And I don't want to, I don't want something I'm doing to make it harder for you when in my head, I think it's making it better. So I think asking the question is hugely important. And one, it opens up, it takes that weirdness away, right? Cause it's addressed, the band-aids ripped off. And it gives them a safe place to tell you what they need and then an opportunity for you to really actively hear it. Oh, I love that you said that because it can be so hard. And I was thinking the exact same things too when you brought up the question, because it's like, it feels like this, uh, you know, you say elephant in the room, but it's a weight, right? Mm -hmm. And I, if you're feeling it, more than likely they're feeling it too. So yeah. literally like, however it comes out, I, I am the same way. I am just like a, however it falls out of my mouth and I'm <laughs> trying to be as gentle as I can, but to really just get it out there that, you know, you are thinking of them and you're trying to do your best by them. However, that is easier said than done to really put yourself out there because it's, it taps into vulnerability. Yes, so for those people who struggle with um, awkward situations, what are some signs that you can look for? Because you don't want to cover it up, right? If this person that you're with or groups of people that you might be with um, are, are struggling and they don't want to cover it up and they want to talk. What are some signs we can look for? And on the opposite end, like maybe they don't want to concentrate on, on the things that have been bogging them down or whatever it is. And they want to focus on something else, whether it be the holidays or whether it be a movie or whether it be making something in the kitchen. Yeah. I find that for the people who really struggle during the holidays and don't really want to embrace it because it's too painful, I find they withdraw. Withdrawal is really kind of the hallmark sign for me is that it's a change in behavior. It's maybe they don't respond to your text right away. Maybe they don't pick up your phone calls. Maybe they don't want to go and do anything when normally the rest of the time, rest of the year, they love to go out and do th these things. So withdrawal, I think, is definitely one of the things to look for. Um, and, you know, on the other side, um, for people who do want to talk about it, I think the best thing we can do, and I'm no expert on this, I, I'm learning just as everybody else does, but I found the, the best thing we could do is just listen. Not always, don't, don't, they're not looking for advice normally. They're not looking for even tools to change the outcome. They just want to be able to say it. And the act of saying it often is therapeutic. And they want somebody they love to receive the message. Mm. Maybe not take that receival and turn it into an action, just receive it. Um, and that I'll tell you that sometimes that's hard for me because I'm a doer. And so, right. it's, so it's not always easy for me to hear somebody I love in pain and not offer a solution. But oftentimes I found a solution isn't what they're looking for. Mm. That is so true. You know, I think as women, we're fixers, you know, Absolutely. we want to fix things. We're nurturers. And it's, if it's somebody who's close to our heart, we want to take that pain away from them. And that's not always something that's possible for us to do or what they really need us to do. You mentioned something that I thought was, was pretty key. And that was 
People who are struggling sometimes tend to withdraw and this taps into mental health. The holidays can be a time where people really do go into depression. Are there warning signs or things that as, as loved ones, we can at least be kind of watching for red flags that maybe this is turning into a depression. And then how do you, how do you address that? I think when people, the people we love that are closest to us, there are so many intangibles that I, I think are signs of even just being sad, maybe not even depression, but sad or uncomfortable or wishing that they were somewhere else or in a different time and place. And, and those, the, those signs are, I think, sometimes they're the most obvious and the most subtle at the same time. And it could be, um, I know, you know, in my circle, I have one girlfriend that uh, holidays are really hard for, and she stops giving hugs. She just won't, she doesn't hug. And I I, I don't think she does it on purpose. I don't think it's, it's a deliberate action, but I know that that is the start to her being really sad this time of year. Um, So the little things, the things that feel different, even if at first you're like, huh, something about that interaction felt weird and you have to think about it. For me, I've, I found that it's mostly the little things, um, a change in the way somebody normally behaves. And, and once I started paying attention to the people I love that do that, I also started to pay attention to myself. And I'll tell you, I do the same <laughs> exact thing. I'm when something becomes a, something triggers a sad moment or time or place for me, and I notice I, I stand different. I speak differently. I speak far less. So those subtle changes in the way the people you love normally behave, I think are the, the most important tell signs, if you will. Just pay attention and be really mindful, right? Especially at this time of year, we get so distracted and so busy yeah. and we're rushing, rushing, rushing. And it's really, really important to, to be extra observant and extra yeah. pay attention yeah. to those small things. Exactly. And women are really good at picking up the small things. That's one of our superhero powers, right? So mm. even if you feel it, you may not be able to put your finger on it, but you feel that subtle difference. Think about that. Paying attention and listening and not feeling that you need to fix or come up with any type of solution for anyone. Those are the biggest takeaways and just being a a friend and a family member to whomever needs it. So that's right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Liz. This has been great. Oh, thank you. Welcome to Tech Talk. And here's what's going on in the world of tech and science. Apple suddenly released iOS 15.2. The update became available last week for all iOS 14 compatible devices, meaning you can get your iOS 15 and 15.1. If you have an iPhone 6 or newer, you should have already been notified to download the update. New standout features include app privacy report, digital legacy contacts, and communication safety and messages. App privacy report can be enabled by accessing the settings menu on your phone. Once enabled, you can see how often apps have accessed your location, photos, camera, microphone, contacts, and more during the last seven days, as well as their network activity. Legacy contacts will allow you to assign one or more of your contacts as people who will gain access to your Apple ID, iCloud account, iPhone data, and photos in the event of your death upon providing a copy of a death certificate. Communication safety and messages is meant to offer parents peace of mind by enabling the feature on their child's device. The messages app will be able to detect nudity in text messages sent or received and will also blur the image before giving the child choices for next steps. The child will be warned about the content and would need to confirm if they want to view the message. 
They will also be given the option to contact a guardian through text. However, parents and guardians will not be alerted via automatic notification. According to several patents granted to Amazon recently, its Ring division could see a future where networks of its doorbell cameras identify quote-unquote suspicious people by recognizing their faces, retinas, skin texture, gait, voice, and even odor. Amazon has recently been granted 17 patents that mention facial recognition. You can see all of their patents uh, online. It has biometric identification technology. The patents depict a world where all the ring cameras in a neighborhood work together to create composite images of people who might be considered suspicious. If those suspicious characters appear on camera, all the doors on a house would lock and property owners would get alerts if anyone moves a package left on the doorstep. News out of Canada. Police in Canada have warned that thieves are using Apple AirTags to track luxury cars before stealing them. A Canadian regional police department said in a statement Thursday that since September, officers had investigated five incidents in which suspects placed air tags in out-of-sight areas in high-end vehicles while they were parked in public places. The thieves then tracked the target vehicles to their owners' homes, broke into them, and stole them. Apple released air tags in April 2021, touting them as a handy Bluetooth device for owners to tag and track their belongings. Police advise vehicle owners to inspect your vehicle regularly and call police if you notice any suspicious potential tracking devices. Well, Nike has announced the acquisition of RTFKT, which is a company that makes digital sneakers. It's the latest sign that the Nike Corporation sees enormous financial potential in the new immersive reality known as the metaverse. RTFKT makes digital collectibles that can be inserted into virtual worlds and video games. The acquisition could accelerate the long-anticipated launch of CryptoKicks, which are Nike virtual sneakers. But critics question the value of digital sneakers, especially for a company that's historically focused on meeting the needs of elite athletes. Nike has made six acquisitions since 2018, including companies that do work around machine learning, predictive analytics, and digital shopping. And that is your tech news for this week. Hey there, we hope you're enjoying the show. Do you work for a company or brand that wants to empower women? We're looking for sponsors for the We Get Real AF podcast. Reach out to us at wegetrealaf at gmail.com for more information. You can also show your support by finding the We Get Real AF podcast at ifundwomen.com. We have patron exclusives waiting just for you. Thanks for listening. Moving on to Profesh Sesh with Elisa Walters, our professional recruiter and talent specialist, where we talk all things career development. Well, looking for a new job is a lot like looking for a new romantic relationship. Typically, both parties are doing a lot of research on each other. And if you're the job seeker, there are a lot of websites out there that purport to tell you the happiest places to work, the best companies to work for, all the wonderful things. But who's vetting those websites and how do you know which ones you can really rely on? Elisa, give us some guidance on how to do this. Yeah. So there's a lot of companies out there that provide surveys to companies. So, and I'm sure as a, as an employee, you have been asked at some point in your career to fill out a company survey. 
um, asking you what's working, what's not. So they actually do use those for, you know, for data and to collect that data. I think that, you know, we see so many articles and Forbes released one recently and comparably they released another. Um, so they have companies that they work with. Forbes um, was reporting on a PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers survey that was initiated. When they conduct these surveys, they are really assessing workplace environment, pay, benefits, company goals, how a company invests into their employee careers. So all of those specific things that are, you know, the right off the top of your head, important things that you ask in, you know, uh, that, that are important to you when you're looking for a job. These surveys you know, we've, we see lists, the top 10 companies. Um, the one that I have seen on so many different lists is Microsoft. Microsoft seems to be a really good company for employees. Um, but I think that it, it does beg the question, you're collecting this data and you're reporting on these companies based on this data. But what about, are employees really answering these surveys truthfully? I have some insight into a large organization that was listed on one of these happiest places to work that um, attrition has been so high and people are leaving left and right. So is it people leaving because of the choices in their personal life or what is it? Because I think it's really important to take all of these surveys with a grain of salt. And that might be an unpopular opinion, but I think that you really have to do your own research and your own diligence to understand and to dig into a company's benefits and how long employees have been there. I think you have to do that homework on your own and come up with your own assessment. Because I think that sometimes when we see these lists, it's just... Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so how do you do that, though? Because apart from maybe, you know, somebody who works in the company and you can get their inside story about what it's really like there. But if you don't, how do you do that kind of sleuthing? I like Glassdoor out of all of the big companies out there. Glassdoor has really created a foundation where a potential employee can really get an insight into what it might look look like at a company. But I do think that if you're using Glassdoor, you really have to look at the reviews Find current employees. Past employee may write a really bad review, but then the company has really good glowing reviews. So you want to take that with a grain of salt because that person may have been disgruntled. Perhaps they were fired. You don't know the story behind that, but I think you need to do your own data. So if there's a, you know, 10 positive reviews that our current employees are saying, this is a great place to work. They really care about their employees. They really invest into an employer and in their people and their growth and development, then I think that that is something you can really use as a adding to the pro list of that company. Um, Glassdoor also has something which I wasn't aware of until now called company compare. So you can do side-by-side reviews of companies. So if you're looking at two big tech companies um, that could be rivals, you can do a side-by-side comparison of the company their benefits, their values, the company history, who the top competitors are, what the financial outlook looks like for that company. Financial outlook is important because you want to see, are they going to be able to to sign your paycheck every week? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, vacation policy, um, other benefits that are important to you when you come into a company. Do they offer 
reimbursement for education that can help you continuing to evolve um, from an education standpoint so you can be more of an asset to the company. And then it comes down to if you do have an interview with that company, asking those right questions, right? We did a whole episode on the questions you should be asking in an interview. Ask the person that's interviewing how long they've been with the company, the last big achievement that's been celebrated, what the dress code's like. Does the company offer activities for an employee if that's important to you? Um, what's been that person's department's biggest challenge in the last year? How is it rectified? How is it solved? So you have to be your own detective here. You have to, you know, or journalist and really put together the story and what it looks like for you. I completely agree with you. Glassdoor is great. And that feature with the comparison side by side, that's brilliant. And obviously, as we know with reviews, to your point about the disgruntled employee, there's something to be said for for both sides, right? Because you can have somebody on there saying, this is actually an amazing company or on the flip side, stay away. Stay away because those people that are commenting about how good it is are higher ups trying to hire and recoup. I want to also call out, and we've mentioned this before, your network is so important. And usually, unless you're making a really big career pivot, people that work in the same industries, they know each other from company to company. So asking those questions and just saying, hey, have you heard of such and such? Do you know anybody there? What's the culture like? Like just having a really organic conversation. I'm such a sleuther. I like, I love LinkedIn. We've, we've talked about LinkedIn several times. Again, LinkedIn, we're here. You know, going through your network, clicking on people that might work in the same type of company, whether it be a tech company, a med company, whatever it is, and then seeing who they know at other companies. I mean, really take the time to do the research. They might have some intel. And if they don't, they could say, you know what? I don't know, but I can I can call up my friend and ask, or I have a friend of a friend. There's power in your network and, and don't mm -hmm. uh, devalue that. Yeah. Tap into your network hundred percent. And then while you are on that loop, look up, you know, LinkedIn, as we all know, and we've talked about, has it set up that when you go to a company's LinkedIn page, you can see people who are working there. Look at their pages. Look to see how long they've been with the company. Mm -hmm. Find out, you know, if if they've or you know people who've left the company. You can you can get all that insight too into LinkedIn, um, looking at the longevity and how long somebody stays. I also think you need to do your research on the CEO and find out any news or about the CEO, what people have to say about that person. Because we all know, um, for lack of a better term, shit flows downhill. And mm -hmm. if you have a bad leader, um, that's going to have a huge impact on company culture. So you want to make sure that you're stepping into an organization that has great leadership. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just think it's important to listen to your gut. And when you are doing the interview, as you were saying, Elisa, asking those questions and really getting getting a feeling for and trusting your gut for, for what kind of culture that company has. And in, in addition to LinkedIn, there are other social channels like Instagram, where you can look and kind of do that sleuthing and that snooping to see who's on their page, what kinds of activities and maybe team building things that they do. I just am a big believer in gathering the data and then really listening to your gut, especially when it comes to the culture part of things. It's very touchy-feely. You can do your research and find out the benefits package and sort of those data-driven metrics that can help you decide in a company, but the culture is incredibly important to being actually happy in your day-to-day. -day. So ask the questions and then listen to your gut. Elisa, would it be too cheeky to ask an employer who 
you may potentially be in an interview with who has this glowing review and is featured on a curated list of happiest places to work, how they compare to that listing. How can you frame a question around how valid it is? (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be like, oh, hey, I I also noticed, um, I read an article that you had received all these accolades. That's awesome. Um, I, I bet, you know, the people who work for you are really excited that they have that great leadership. And I think seeing how they react to that, um, mm-hmm. maybe it's getting their initial reaction and maybe you can poke some holes. Um, I think it's, it's, it's always worth because it also shows you're doing your research on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's no harm in bringing something like that up and you can do it in a positive way. So you can assess and mm-hmm. to, to Sue's point of your gut instinct, if you're getting a weird gut reaction off of how they respond, you might want to do a gut check on whether or not it's the right place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was also trying to think just past experience, how many people have been interviewed before you got there, which that could be telling too. Oh, and that's not something I would have even thought to have asked. It's like, how long did you guys look? Why did it take so long? <laughs> Is this how you make all your decisions? <laughs> and I also think it's so important to really ask those questions around the team that you're going to be on, because if it's a small company, you can kind of get a read on the whole organization. But if it's a huge company, there may be great departments and really awful departments. So I think it's important to really focus on the people you're going to be spending your 40 hours a week with and trying to get a a vibe for how you'll get along with them, because that is huge in your job satisfaction. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much, Elisa. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Time for Anything Goes where we talk just about anything. We just want to take a moment to thank all of you wonderful listeners for joining us this year. It's been a great year for the We Get Real AF podcast and our production company, Mike Drop Creative. And we wanted to give you a heads up that we will not be releasing an episode on December 28th. We're giving everybody on our team and all of our listeners a chance to just uh, celebrate and savor the season with your loved ones. We are so grateful for all of the support, all of the listeners, and for just engaging with us this year. It's been a big one for Sue and me, and we're just so eternally grateful, and we're excited for big things to come in 2022 um, for everyone. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and yes, enjoy and be present this holiday season. Thanks for joining us here on We Get Real AF. Make sure you subscribe to the show and text this episode to a friend. Find us at ifundwomen.com. We have patron exclusives waiting for you. Plus, you'll just feel good. Special thanks to our WeGraph Live events and technical director, Mitchell Machado. You can find Mitchell on LinkedIn, spelled M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-M-A-C-H-A-D-O. And we want to give a big thanks to our podcast sound designer, Sam McLean, that's spelled M-C-L-E-A-N, of InPhase Audio. Thanks for listening.